0: Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast, where books come alive. I'm Tricia Copeland, a fiction author and host of this show. If you love books, finding great reads, and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors, this is the place for you. Whether you like fantasy, science fiction, dystopian, or romance titles, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. Listen in to discover something magical about a book or two today. Welcome. I have P.D. Aliva. Did I pronounce that correctly?
1: You did. You did. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um,
0: I am interviewing him for the second time. I'm so excited to have you back. I think you have two new releases, so you're going to talk about those, as well as what's next in both of those series.
1: Yes, there we are, there we are. Um, yeah, thank you for having me back. I think last time we might have talked a little bit about Gollum, which was about six months ago. And that's when Gollum came out, about six months, uh, October, so about four months ago. So we might have talked about that. We'll talk about Gollum a little, and then we'll get into um, The Rose, the sequel to The Rose, volume two, So, which is always a good, fun talk. But Gollum is a uh, psychological horror novel, and that came out on October 5th. And let's see. Hmm. Definitely getting some great reviews on that. Somebody, um, I always say the book doesn't belong to me. Right. So I'm always proud when the book does well. Right. When somebody compares it to Edgar Allan Poe and Stephen King in the same sentence, you get a sense of pride. Uh, Let's just be honest. It happens. Right. So, definitely getting good reviews and what it is it's a psychological horror novel kind of gothic right so it's speculative fiction couple different mixes in there and it takes place in the 1940s and 1950s new york city and it follows a guy named detective john ashton he was just promoted to detective and he gets his first case he's a on a missing persons unit for the nypd and his first case is to find the da's missing daughter but it's kind of a cold case And his only lead is a psychiatric patient named Alina Francon. And when he goes to see Alina Francon, she tells him story about this demon that she incarnated into a statue she created in 1946. And he has been wreaking havoc all over New York City since that period of time and he is the one that is kidnapping and um he's kidnapping orphans he's turning them into demons and john ashton is completely blown away and has no idea of is this just part of her lunacy you know or is this actually real puts him on this nice um nice trip where he finds out and discovers a hell of a lot is going on out there
0: interesting Um, so does it go into the realm of like fantasy characters or is it just a straight psychological thriller
1: it does it does so uh, mythological right so pandora i go into the mythology behind pandora's box right pygmalion is in there as well and then the golem myth too so that's jewish folklore you know so those three myths are in there so yeah i do i and i get a little bit into it's like a sci-fi fantasy element, right, that exists, and maybe it's a very small part of the whole book, but it does exist to explain things, more of a supernatural, paranormal type of element of what's going on in the story.
0: Neat. Did you have to do a lot of research about the time period?
1: Yes, a ton of research, right, so when I, found, I when I decided to write the novel, I want which was like 20 years ago (laughs) when I actually sat down to say, okay, it's time to start. This is the novel I want to write. Where's the setting? You know, where's this? And when I finally figured out that it was New York city at that time, right. For a whole host of reasons. So what did I need to do? You got to do your research. You're pretty much writing a historical novel at that time and everything had to be accurate. So people are going to check readers are smart and they know what's going on. You need to have all your ducks in a row and know what you're talking about which was the first, started with the first chapter, which takes place on Halloween night in 1951. So what are the main costumes because they're wearing in 1951? What's the main candy? The main costume was Alice in Wonderland, right? And of course you had Wizard of Oz and all that stuff, but Alice in Wonderland was great, right? So what do they love to eat? Tootsie Rolls was a huge, was the most popular candy in 1951. And Charleston Chews, which I found interesting right? Charleston shoes?
0: Yeah, I haven't heard of that or thought of those in a long time.
1: Right, Too funny. So that was just interesting right off the bat. And then because of the Gollum story and the story I was writing, I got to tumble tumble down more than a few rabbit holes because Gollum is a manipulator and he's looking to take over. So part of what's in this story is more than a few things, but the scandals that were going on at the time is coordinated and and put into the novel as well. And then there was originally the story was only going to take place in the 40s. All right. And then in my research, I found something called the the Claremont Inn. All right. So I wrote that down and said, that's very interesting. Claremont Inn. It was in um, East Harlem. So um, on the Upper West Side. I said that's very interesting right so when I wrote it down I forgot what it was and like a week later I said oh the Claire field in so I kept thinking Claire field in, and I was researching I couldn't find it and it finally popped up Claremont it. So when I put it in the story I called it the Claire field that's what it's called but it was a really. A hotel that existed, an inn, from the 1800s until that point. And what happened is there was a fire that happened that burnt down that inn in 1951. So I thought that fit perfectly into the story as well. So that hotel itself is very is the gothic persona, you know, that's your your big mansion type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it fit perfectly in. And then the story, the fact that it got burnt down, and the reason they say they say it was. The original fire was started by hot coals left unattended because there was a demolition crew and they were turning it into a park left unattended and it burnt the hotel down. So I even put that in there as well. You know, that these and you, you got to read the story. I don't want to give spoilers. but There's a reason why the hotel was burnt down and you kind of discover that it kind of in the beginning as well. So it's not that much of a spoiler.
0: Interesting. Uh, yeah, that spoiler. sounds really fun to write as well.
1: Yes, it was, you know, inspiration. I grew up on classic literature, you know, so Frankenstein was still my favorite novel to this day. Right. And of course, your Dracula, you know, that whole time period, Edgar Allan Poe, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, picture Dorian Gray, go through the whole 1800s, absolutely fantastic. Right. So a lot of inspiration from that came into the book. And there's tidbits in there, you know. I'll do a little play on Edgar Allan Poe, you know, um, like the Raven. As far as what I'm writing, stuff like that, that people who love literature can pick out. You like play pick the reference, you know, to the books that are in there. So definitely, uh, definitely an homage to classic literature too.
0: Awesome. Well, that's super exciting that you have that out there. Yes. The next series you have is the Rose series. I think last time the first book had maybe just come out when I interviewed you last time and now you have a second mm-hmm. book out correct
1: yeah yeah it came out a, about a month ago and it's volume two and let's see the I love my first book you know and a wrote it it's fantastic you know it's just pumps you know that when i wrote volume one it was more about energy and just battle after battle and how to move fast because that was the the story that it needed to to contain you know considering the storyline the plot guy goes into an underground medical complex to fight alien vampires and gray aliens trying to rescue this person it's going to be a lot of action packed right so When I sat down to write volume two, we're the writers, right? So we got the whole story in our head. This whole world is playing out. But with volume one, I was only able to give a very small piece of that because of that plot line. You know, 90% of the the book takes place in the underground complex. So this gave me the opportunity to, to show and to like bring out the entire world of what's going on. And in the book, the alien vampires live in hollow earth right so i got to play with hollow earth and create a whole it's called drock city they're called drocks right so um they're alien vampires and it's called drock city and it's made of like all crystals and silver like beautiful i went even you know i had researched a lot of the nikola tesla and you know how how would he make a city you know this was made by a genius mind like that so i got to play around a lot with that and i got had the ability to all right what is the depth of the alien vampire species you know these aren't this is an actual they're vampires yes but they're aliens right they're aliens from another planet they have a whole species they have a culture right so what is the culture of the alien vampires so i got to i got to showcase that and then my favorite character, <laughs> I'm always a villain character, right? I love my villains. I love my Gollum. I'm writing a horror novel as well, I'm actually editing it now called Jiggly Spot and the Zero Intellect. And Jiggly Spot is the main character. I love my villains. And in The Rose, the villain is Sonos, right? So I got to stretch and give his character so much depth, right? And relying on a lot of inspiration from one of the few key factors but mostly heath ledger's performance as the joker right the way he the diabolical and maniacal way of his thinking an anarchic way of his thinking of just to hell with everyone type of philosophy and i just want to see everything burn and really get in depth with this character and when all my books are multiple points of view so you're in the alien vampires even gollum is multiple points of view you're in the alien vampire's head you're in the gray alien's head you know, you're in the, the female protagonist and the male protagonist, you know, you're in all the side characters, you're getting to everybody's head. And I look, I'm also a psychologist, right? So I love being into the depths and throes of, you know, the mind and how it's working. And it's, it was such a great play. And it volume one was 92,000 words. This was 120,000 words. So it's a big one. And the crazy part was I was going to keep going, Right. And because my original plan was to only have two volumes, right? What's funny is I'm watching um, Kill Bill yesterday, right? So the reason it's called Volume 1 is because Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2. So I was only planning on having two um, books. And then this one just got so long, I was like, there's a whole other book here, so I might as well just write it. And, you know, the ending was fantastic. I'm like, do I really want to go on from here? Why do I want to do that? You know, it ended in the way it was supposed to end so I was happy about that. but getting into the depth of that character with Sanos to me was it's it like so touching and me and my oldest son, who's 22, that's his favorite character as well. So he's reading the book now and yeah, we love our sanos I, I love creating a good villain and getting like where the, the character is somebody that you know you know that' to me is what makes writing fantastic.
0: Yeah, when you are living and breathing, and you're in the character's mind, right, or the character's in your mind. I'm not sure which way it works.
1: Something like that, right? Something's happening. Maybe they're um sending us signals from another dimension or something like that, and we just don't know. It, you know.
0: So did you, so the Rose series is finished now.
1: No. Okay. So there is going to be volume three, right? So at 120,000 words, it was definitely best at that time. All right. You know, I love the way it ended that whole other story. Let's, you know, make it what it's supposed to be and give it its own um, its own audience as well, you know, and its own voice. So there is going to be volume three and I'll probably start writing. it. I would say in about a month or so, that is um, key on the list at the moment, but I do got to finish a little bit of edits with jiggly Spot.
0: Interesting. In what genre would you say the Rose is? Do you have okay, so, alien vampires? Do you have yeah. humans that are aware of the alien vampires? Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. All right. So I would call it because it also takes place after World War III in a dystopian society. Right. Okay. So uh, we'll give you the long, all the genres. I right? had a dystopian, sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, thriller, novel.
0: Awesome. I love it. It sounds like you practice that every day.
1: (laughs) No, no. I do practice Jiggly Spot because I wrote it down. Right. It's a satirical cosmic grindhouse, horror, fantasy, thriller, novel.
0: Interesting. And you're writing that one right now, right?
1: Jiggly Spot was actually is my um, COVID quarantine novel. Right. So, but what I do is I write a book and then I sit, I let it sit for months. Right. And then I'll start going back to doing the edits. Right. And then I edit like a crazy person for about nine months and then start putting the book out. Right. So editing to me is just as fun as is writing them. Right. I love the editing. It's a different hat to put on. So I like the the change in roles, you know. So I forgot what I was saying. See that?
0: Sorry. (laughs) Um, we were talking about your genres. So oh yes, that's right. Is, is Gollum a standalone as well?
1: Gollum is a standalone psychological horror. Other um, genres with that would be, I would say, you could call it gothic fiction, you could call it supernatural, and you could call it paranormal as well. Yeah.
0: Interesting. And what age level is your target reader?
1: Ooh, okay. So here's the thing: for um, purposes of everyone out there, you should be 18 plus, all right, to read my books. However. With that being said, I know I started reading Stephen King at 12 years old, all right, so it kind of depends on who you are. Also, right, my nephews have read The Rose, right, they haven't read Gollum or whatever, but they read The Rose, and they're 15, 16 years old, and they absolutely love it, and they said it's not, for their age bracket, they felt that it was fun for to recommend to their friends.
0: Oh, cool, that well, that's point. good to know.
1: Yes, definitely, I've love. Got to do market research, right? <laughs> so, you know, that's where your beta readers come from. You know, get an eclectic array of beta readers and you get multiple points of view. Right.
0: right. Fun. Yeah, it was interesting that you said like your first Rose book was more action and then the second one slowed down and dove into the world and the characters and their backstories yeah. a little bit more. Um, that's sort of how my current series is going so I, and everybody was like this one was slower there wasn't as much action but you got more character and i'm like okay well
1: yeah.
0: you make sure you balance all that out right
1: that's what, yes exactly and there's gonna especially in a sequel so uh, i'm an empire strikes back fan right i'm a star trek 2 the wrath of khan fan i'm a dark knight fan right so I'm a Godfather part 2 fan as well all right So sequels to me are highly important and writing this one is the first sequel I've ever um, ever written. It was highly important to get the... Yes, wow factor, but just like, holy cow, shock factor, right? So I always say, what would the Star Wars franchise be if, you know, you didn't get the line, Luke, I am your father. You know, Vampire Strikes Back was a horrible movie. We wouldn't be talking about Star Wars today, right? It's like the original movie would have been fantastic, and then no one would talk about the other one. So... It had to be done right. It was very important to me to get that done right. And you had to put in those wow factors. So I have a lot of... Um like strange interest in hobbies, right? So I love quantum physics, all right? I also love spiritualism and spirituality. I love alchemy, you know, stoicism. Right? So I bring a lot of philosophical concepts as well as getting into the parallel universes another dimension. And then the way the mind works and time travel through mind, telepathy and stuff like that is things that I could put weave into that storyline that I think really breaks out that makes the book even that much better. You know, it's like interesting little tidbits of subjects that are, you know, maybe some people know a lot about that I'd love to read more about. And of course my ancient alien theories are in there as well. So, and then other people that maybe they don't know anything about those types of philosophies or, you know, or ideas or concepts, I should say, and would be very interested to learn more, you know, so. I love the intrigue of that of where the depths where science fiction and horror as well could take the imagination when you have interests like that to make them even more supernatural I guess you could say you know so it's definitely um it's definitely fun sounds like you've
0: weaved a lot of really interesting subjects together
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So why not? Right. It's, it's all connected in the same way. And, you know, if you really think about it, it's all kind of the same exact thing. There's just different players and different names. As I always say, Bon Jovi has the best line in rock and roll history. Right. It's all the same. Only the names are changed. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, that's
0: a good one. Um, yeah. so it I sounds said. like you said you're really into your villains. Do you give your villains backstories and explain why they're villain? that explain why they're villains
1: yes yes definitely um with Gollum his backstory I, lo- I love telling the backstory through other people's discovery right so it's like the characters are discovering at the same time the readers are discovering right so I love I love playing it like that but yes, because you got to understand motivation motivation usually comes from the past, right? So what, what were their experiences? What were they taught? You know, what, what did they see? What did they do? How did they react in those situations? A lot of times your reaction to a situation dictates what you want to do and, you know, presently to kind of overcome or you know, make up for that um, past action. So, yeah, definitely. You got to give backstory. It helps. It helps the reader connect with the, with the character as well.
0: And do you believe that there could be a villain that are that are just evil for the sake of being evil? Or would you put a character like that in your book or not?
1: Yes. Gollum is that. Okay. That's Gollum. He's evil for the sake of of being evil. Um, And he loves to manipulate. He does. He's the master manipulator is what I call him. Absolutely. You know, because he'll, he's the, he's I relate them to a con man, right? So a con man <clears throat> is gonna give you praises and give you praises, and actually the next second is gonna fly off the handle and tell you how worthless you are, <clears throat> you know, to keep that roller coaster of emotions coming, you know, coming back. And that that's that's Gollum right there. And his only intention is is just anarchy and evil. Well, and control, right?
0: But with the reason behind it. Well with a you know a horrible backstory I'm guessing
1: yes, that's right that's right Gollum is very old so <laughs> very very old
0: and he is he a human or no
1: he is not all right I can't it's a spoiler so I don't want to it <laughs> away right? The spoilers like, right like that line right there so yeah it's but there is a huge backstory there and it is linked to um to more than a few things and I always link my novels together in somehow some way even if it's cross genres right it's little things like that but through the mythology comes the story and the classic you know tell all moment of every book or movie you know when every you know the main um, character gets gets the lowdown of what's really going on, you know, classic scene. So when that happens, all that comes together. And you realize that this person, this demon, I should say, Gollum has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I think I'm just going to have to pick up the book and see what happens now.
1: (laughs) Definitely check it out. Let me know.
0: So what's up next for you to make sure I have it straight in my head. Um, what comes out next?
1: Okay, so next will probably more than likely be jiggly spot in the zero intellect, right? So, but we're talking some time, right? It could be October or maybe even later, maybe December. All right, because it, it's 150,000 words. Wow. Yeah, Jiggly's a monster. So jiggly is so much fun. That is a fact. It's a thriller. It's a real thriller. Like every chapter is like, you know, 6 p.m. type of, you know, type of thriller. And definitely satirical cosmic grindhouse horror fantasy thriller novel. It's a fun one, but it's going to take so long to edit that guy. Although, What I do love about writing and continuing to write is as you continue to write and edit, write and edit, write and edit, as you're writing, you're actually editing as you're writing without even knowing that you're doing it, it's your style of the way you're writing is just automatic. Does that make sense, right? So with Jiggly after, I mean, The Rose One was like my sixth published book, I believe, and then Gollum Seven. So after doing all that, like, I'm getting that knack of where, okay, I could write even better now and have less editing later, which allows me to put more time and editing towards doing more types of better editing, I guess, maybe, I don't even know, so <laughs> we will see, but it's going to take a long period of time, but not that long, so I'm anticipating how long it's going to be. Fine. So
0: this is my favorite question to ask all my authors what sorry my dog's like right here
1: she's begging for
0: attention um what do you want your readers to take away from when they're reading your book or what do you want them to experience
1: all levels of emotion right give them the highs give them the lows give them a profound reading experience where they say that's a great piece of literature that would be great i would like that you know, and then all even saying, hey, that was one scary book. And I'm like, all right, I'm satisfied, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I did my job. I love it when I've had a couple people tell me that the, the book made it into their dreams, right? And that was a few books, right? That was the Rose Volume 1 and a couple Gollum people said that too. And I love that because there's only one book that's ever made it into my dreams, which was Cold Heart Canyon by Clive Barker. Do you think? So I like that yeah definitely very cool
0: yeah most authors will say their book started as dreams but a book making it into your dreams yes that is another level right fact well thank you so much for being here
1: hey thank you for having me it was a great time again thank yeah, you yeah
0: tell the listeners where they can find you in your book
1: yes okay so go to amazon pdaleva.com is right there right um Look that up. Also my website, pdaliva.com. Perfect. Sign up for my newsletter. Send that out like once a month. You know, if nothing's really going on, I'll send it out, you know, every other month. I don't, I don't like spamming people. So (laughs) go ahead and sign up for the newsletter. And let's see. Oh, I do have a Facebook group. It's called PD Reader Group and Book Club. All right. So (laughs) Go there. It's a book club. We are actually about. We're getting recommendations for our February book club read. So go there, be there, and give us some recommendations, and we'll maybe pick a book that you choose. Right? That sounds like a
0: lot of fun. Very cool.
1: Yeah, I love reading books, and I always wanted to be part of a book club. So I said, why not just create my own book club? You know,
0: online book club. That's exactly
1: exactly. So come on over
0: very cool well thank you again and we will be looking forward to i guess the next books to get i haven't gotten gollum yet gollum rose one and two are out and then how did you pronounce it jiggly
1: jiggly spot and the zero intellect
0: coming hopefully end of 20 or sometime in 2022
1: (laughs) and then volume three in
0: 2023 thanks you're welcome thank you very much bye I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm your host, author and podcaster, Tricia Copeland, and I love getting behind the scenes. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and stop in each week, discover new authors and books. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep finding the magic.